Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. We're back for a fun, easy Q&A, ask us anything, random questionnaire episode extravaganza. Yeah, girl. Let's <laughs> let's answer all the questions. We gave you guys an opportunity in our Facebook community to ask us literally anything, and we're going to do our best to answer as many questions as possible. If you have a random question for us and you're not yet in our Facebook community, then you need to, my friend, to hop on over to thinkcreativecollective.com slash community. And we'll get mm-hmm. your booty inside. So next time we do one of these episodes, you can get your question answered. Yep. Okay. So Caitlin wants to know, what does your dream business look like? As in, if you could snap your fingers and you've arrived there, what does it look like? I mean, I'd be making a million dollars and doing nothing. <laughs> I'd be making $10 million and doing nothing. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, but for real, like I think a lot of people, obviously dream world, do as little as you can and make as much as you can. Like that's, that's what it looks like. And whether that's a million, 10 million, a trillion dollars. No, that's not mm-hmm. happening. I have no interest <laughs> in a trillion. I wouldn't even know what to do with it. I mean, other than maybe fix our debt issue in America. <laughs> Here you go, world. No, I, I think I I wouldn't have known to add this kind of caveat to this response until yesterday when we were talking it out with our mastermind buddies. I I would wish for myself that I would be happy with my dream business. Yes. I, as an overachiever and as someone who loves working and who is someone who like constantly wants things to be better and more and bigger and great and do this and start this i would at least just want to be content with where i was at i want that feeling by the way that's of the easy. hardest part of the whole thing yes yes contentness to my nightmares <laughs> <laughs> okay megan our good friend megan says alternate universe 
where you and Abby never met, what do you think life would be like? And before you answer this, three people replied to this and said, oh, the darkest timeline. And someone said, literally the stuff of my nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, I have a hard time imagining. I think it could have been one of a couple situations. One, I would have continued doing design work and grown an agency model because I don't think I could have designed forever. Two, I do think I might have started teaching courses on my own, whether they would have been as cool or as fun or as popular, questionable. Or three, the worst option, but also one that might have happened is I might have gone back to a real job. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that I would have continued to chug along because we both started with our separate audiences and I actually already had a course, but I can a hundred percent tell you that this audience would not exist. Like the scale at which we've grown and our impact would not exist because as you guys know, accountability is like the best thing ever. And when you have a partnership, like it's built in daily minute by minute accountability for like what you should be doing. And like, I get a lot of like, I was the kid in school that's like, I want good grades to make everyone happy. And so like, I and especially in the early days, like I did a good job and did an often job just to make Abby happy. And like, that was enough for me to be like, okay, I'm going to wake up and actually do the work today. I, I think for sure for me that that would have been a lot more lax and a lot slower without you. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep in mind, like when I was, before I met Emily, I was still blogging every day. Like, so I was already building an online audience. So I don't think that piece would have gone away unless I chose to give up, which I mean, I can't really imagine giving up because I really like this world. Right. But I I definitely don't think it would be the same at all. Okay. Megan wants a different Megan wants to know, what do you do when you've been powering through entrepreneurial life, but despite certain success, constantly question if your pivot from a lucrative career to a sometimes rewarding business was or is the right thing for you? Girl. Are you happy? This is like, I mean, I will say, I feel like a lot of people do this. Like- I don't think this is an uncommon thing. Also, even if you do like what you're doing, I think it is completely normal to question everything. Yeah. Because I can tell you right now, there's many occasions where I call Emily and I'm like, what are we Mm -hmm. doing? Well, and it's not the first time I've heard it also in this sense of like, someone didn't leave corporate to grow their own business and they're questioning it. But we know people who've left corporate for a different version of corporate and like, absolutely love their life. They're making significantly less, but their stress levels are down. They have more like creative energy in their work. They like have, they're more in charge of their day to day. And so like, whatever that looks like for you, I want you to like seek the positives and truly is your day to day what you imagined it. Even if the sometimes rewarding, I want to like, I would further you to ask yourself, like, what does the sometimes rewarding mean? Does that mean sometimes you get paid because there's not consistent income? Sometimes you're happy with it 
sometimes you're working super late. Like what does rewarding mean to you and how can you create more consistency in the actual version of rewarding that you're looking for? Okay. Okay. Becky says, what's your favorite hobby activities, et cetera, that helps you reset and recharge. So you're showing up hundred percent for TCC. It's hard to keep the momentum going sometimes. And I'd love to hear if how you all change things up or step away to refuel. Well, first of all, I'll tell you right now, showing up at 100% is really rare (laughs) and next to impossible to hold yourself or anyone else accountable to. A. No, for sure. But as far as refueling, I think it comes in waves in different places. Like I definitely remember in the beginning stages of business, it was like all podcasts all the time. And then it was reading blog posts. And then it was like, meeting new people. And I was like on coffee dates every other five seconds. (laughs) I think now it's kind of shifted to more self-reflection, more journaling, more reading. Um, I found that it's harder to find mid to high level business information on the internet. And most people put it in either high-end masterminds or in books. I don't know why they put it in books because they're cheaper than like everything pretty much. (laughs) But I feel like there's a lot of deep work that can be done when you're reading and when you're self-reflecting. And for me, that's the only way I've survived this year Yeah, period. Mine, I let it really ebb and flow. Like I feel like I used to be able to, like I used to tell myself it had to be this strict, like in your off time, you're painting or you're reading or you're hanging out with your kid or you're doing this, like buckets of like, this is who I am when I'm not working. But I found that like I go through seasons of like, I'll be painting a lot whenever I'm like not on a call or I am right now in a phase of like, I just ordered four books from Amazon that I want to like really tackle and read and make notes. Sometimes it's like sitting outside in the mornings and drinking coffee. Like it's those just little opportunities of like what feels right today. Those are just a couple of examples. I love working out. I love making sure I have time in the morning by myself, but like I know that you guys hear that and then you think like you don't know how to fit it into your day or you don't know if it's something that you're actually going to like. And I never thought I would ever be the person that says I like working out and like having mornings to myself. Like that's why I get up early to do that. But like just try different things on for size to see if they feel right. Working out for you right now or getting up early for you might not be the thing that's going to actually make you feel good. So like try it again in six months or next year. So like don't beat yourself up if you're trying on new things to like reset and recharge you and you don't like it. Just try something else. Yeah, it's a lot of experimenting and it don't be upset if what you need is in change mode. Like there's some things you're, that'll work really well. And then a couple months from now, you're going to try it and it's not going to give you the energy or fuel you need. And so you just have to be mindful, know your body, know what you need spiritually and go towards what makes you happy. Tori wants to know, what's your advice for how your business philosophy applies for entrepreneurs with chronic or ongoing health issues. My biggest concern is consistency and keeping pace in my business due to health stuff, which means I'm doing a lot of prep front in terms of creating products and creating systems and batching, but I'm doing that before I've made any significant money. 
Do you consider this to be a pitfall or is it actually a good idea? So I definitely think money first is important, even if it's not a lot. Like if you are taking the, you know, five, 10, 20 hours a week that you have and you're making profit from that, it's going to be so much more rewarding moving forward. I will say, like living with chronic pain and chronic illness, like I know how difficult it can be some weeks. And so the biggest piece of advice I can say is give yourself grace. You're going to have to have some days where like you sulk and you set a timer. Like Emily and I have done this before where we're frustrated with something. And so we'll be like, okay, we'll be pissed for the rest of the afternoon. And then tomorrow we're going to get up and do X, Y, Z. And I think sometimes you the hard part and something you probably don't want to hear is if you do want to be successful and you do want to grow, sometimes you're going to have to work when you feel like shit and it's hard, but it's also really good and distracting. So like it's going to fill you back up in different ways, even if it's draining. So like, Working when you don't feel good, but then getting a really good night's rest or eating really well. Like you're going to have to kind of make some shifts to make it work for you, but everybody's different. Everybody's body is different. And so be mindful of like what your limits are, but I do want you to push yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yep. I concur with all of that. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Sarah says, what helps give you the confidence and drive to dance to the beat of your own drum to do what you think is best for you, even if it's not what all the experts or people in your field say and do? Mine is just straight up. I have this inner fuck everyone. I'm going to do something my own way attitude. And that I, I don't know how to teach that. And I don't know how to be like, this is what you should do. I was literally raised from day one. My mom intentionally has over and over and over told me again, like, I wanted you to do everything that I couldn't do. And that meant saying no and standing up for yourself and having an opinion and doing all of these things. So mine is like deeply ingrained in my like sweat glands. Well, I think for me, I am definitely programmed to be a follower for sure. But here's the thing. I would do things that, you know, are proven in the market to be profitable or work or worth my time or whatever. Like they're not, they're not old strategies. Like content creation, it helps you create an audience. Like that's just proven. Now, whether you do that on video or written or podcasts or all the things, that's up to you. But as much as I go to the beat of my own drum, it's really about trying things that I know have worked for other people and then finding the things that make me feel good from that pile. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of part of like going back to what I was saying earlier, of trying things on for self-care, like how I found the things that I like to do in this industry is I tried stuff on that seemed fun. And I put my own spin on it, like Abby was saying of like, well, here's how it would work for me. And sometimes that's against the grain. But like, I just feel so passionately about things that like, because I've seen it work for us and because I've seen it work for thousands of other people and because it's just like fact, it like gets me on this soapbox of like, no, this is the way. And so find your own version of your soapbox. Like what's the thing that like, 
you're like guns blazing, nope, adamant, I'm about this one particular thing and see how you can kind of tweak that in your messaging and how you show up for your people and what you're selling because then other people will start to see you as like someone who's set apart from the crowd because as soon as someone takes an opinion about anything, literally about anything, that's going against the grain. Like the norm is to just be like nodding little sheep and not having one opinion or the other about anything. And so like literally the only way to step apart from that is to speak strongly about something. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just something. Because like what we are like strongly about or against isn't radical. Like it just no, isn't. That's what I was going to say is like, it's funny to me that you think that we go against the grain or go to the beat of our own drum because mo- there's nothing we do in business that is crazy or not tested or not proven by other people. I think more than anything, maybe our attitude or the way we talk or right. that sort of thing is unique, but the actual business practices are not original at all. Nope. nope. Okay. Stephanie wants to know, how would you recommend setting goals for a new biz over halfway through the year? I know you guys usually set goals for each quarter at the beginning of the year. So just curious what you would do if you had to set goals for a new business today. Personally, what I would do is like, look at today as like the beginning of your year because that's the beginning of your business's year and like look at the next months and quarters. And if you have to make kind of your own calendar to get you through that first like chunk of time before you can get on track with everyone else, great. If forever and ever your year is August to August, fine. Like that doesn't matter. Don't let like where you're at in the year stop you from setting the same goals. It's the same thing. 12 months from now, what revenue, income, profits do you want, right? Break that down three months from there. That's the end of that quarter. Break that down three months from there. Does that make sense? So like you can still work backwards in the same way. I also think another approach, especially if you're truly at the very, very beginning is to think about the rest of this year as quarter zero. So what can you be doing now to build up to where you want to be by the end of the next calendar year? And that may be you work, you know, 15, 16, 18 months in advance. And that's okay. Because I feel like at the beginning, the very beginning, you have a clear idea of where you want to be. Whereas the further along in business, I find that it's harder to plan more than 90 days in advance. Other than revenue, like I can know what I want money wise, but as far as how I'm going to get there, the things I want to try, I don't know. It's all kind of depending on like how the stuff that quarter worked and went. (laughs) Okay. Renita says, how do you devote your time between multiple businesses without turning into Medusa? I almost just shot water Uh, through my nose. (laughs) So... A, so TCC doesn't work a full 40-hour work week. Not even close. Uh, Mondays are off for both of us. I don't have childcare on Mondays. And so for me, typically, it's like spending time with P, doing family stuff, grocery stuff. During naps, like I might work on my own personal stuff. Fridays are half day for most of the year, definitely through the summer. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays like are still like generally light. Like I have to leave by four to go pick up pee every day. And so like our schedules aren't that rigid unless we have a meeting. So there's there's fluid 
fluidity um, throughout our week. So like it could happen in the mornings or in the evenings or like in the middle of a workday when we're both like working separately. But mine at least are so different that I don't feel like I'm like going crazy and kind of like dipping in all of the boxes. I don't know if that's how you feel. Well, I think for me, like they're at such different stages, even if I give them the same level, same level of seriousness, there's a big difference between the end of year one and the end of year three for a business, especially when the end of year one, I'm on my other business that I have only worked on at part-time ever. Whereas this one, I've worked full-time for quite a while. And then I would say in the last year and a half, closer to two years, that's when we really backed off from full-time. As soon as you had P, it was it was like, no way are we ever doing 40 hours again. So a lot of it's fitting it in between. But also, I think I just stopped caring about what time of day it was or what day of the week it was. And so it used to be that I would be really upset with myself if I worked on a weekend or I worked in the evening or I worked really early in the morning. But I've been out of like the traditional work environment for so long that it's all the same to me. Like the day of the mm-hmm. week is irrelevant. The time what of is day. Today? Yeah. I don't know. No, I literally don't know unless someone tells me or I look at a calendar. Mm-hmm. And so I just work until I'm tired or I don't want to work anymore or I want to get dinner or I want to spend time with family. It's there's, I mean, maybe there should be more of a set schedule, but there isn't. So, well, and that's what works for us now. Like even when P was here, but we were still kind of figuring out like childcare and life and growing and scaling, we still like set with a pretty rigid, like Tuesday through Friday with flexibility. And like each day had its own theme. And like, I mean, we worked more when she was even younger than we do now. And so, but that's what works for us then. Like we were still building some foundations for our sustainability and our signature program and launching and stuff like that. So that needed our attention like that. But as our business has shifted, like some weeks are heavier than others. And so maybe our side hustles don't get that much attention. And then some weeks are a lot lighter and then they can. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you just decide, like, I know when we took off December, I was like, okay, I'm taking off from this one business, but my other business, like I'm basically pouring all my time into right minus, you know, the week and a half around Christmas or whatever. And that was really great. But it, but after that, it was a little bit difficult to kind of hit a rhythm because I like completely switched gears. And so like, Switching back to doing both or one or the other was a little bit hard, but I th- I think you just have to pick what needs your attention most at any given time because, well, and I will say this, like, this is what we should have started this answer with. Do not focus on another business until your first one is profitable, I'm, sustainable, I'm, and growing. Into that. <laughs> like, do not. Do not, if you're struggling to try to find attention with like, and you're feeling like Medusa, it's because you aren't ready to like focus on the other thing yet. The only way we're able to have this conversation about like, sometimes we pay attention to this other thing is because we have a million dollar business that we're running every day. 
So like, and a lot of help. I'm not saying you have to get to a million dollars and a lot of help, right? I'm not saying you need to get to a million dollars in a giant team before you can like focus on something else. But this is a key mistake that a lot of people do is like trying to like slowly grow three different things. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Like they're, they're not going to get to their fullest potential. You're not going to give it your full attention that you need to in order for it to grow and be great. Okay. Okay. Miss Page asked, what inspired you to create your business together? We both just really liked each other. (laughs) I mean, to be honest. Well, and I think a lot of it had to do with us wanting the same big picture for our lives. Like the things we wanted to do, how we wanted to live, kind of the the rhythm in which we wanted to live was very much the same. I mean, it was straight up exactly like dating. Exactly. Like I dated Emily. (laughs) Now, the cool thing and uh, the part that makes me the most excited is I knew how much I like loved Emily and had a crush on her and like wanted to be around her. And I really didn't think it was going to be reciprocated. But when she said she wanted the same things, I like lost my mind. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about this a couple times. But like, I feel like the the turning point is it wasn't like, oh, this inspired me to go into business with you like that. I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't like, like at all. I I was like in my own lane, you were in your own lane. All of that was great. But like the thing that made it make sense was that first conversation in your office when we shared like our bigger picture dreams and our goals and whatever. And like, what kind of life do you want to live? What kind of business do you want to run? And like, honestly, like even though you guys, I bet feel like it's talked about a lot, like it is very rare for a business to A, like hit a million dollars and B like for that to even be someone's goal, especially in our industry, in our particular industry of creative small business owners, like hitting a million dollars, like it just isn't a lot of people's goals, which is fine. Like so fine. So meeting someone else that shared that same like big impact goal that I did was like, okay, well, this makes sense for us to try to do that thing together. Well, and I, I do want to remind everybody, if you if you either weren't around for this or haven't heard the full story, the I would say the biggest overarching reason is we we liked each other enough that we decided we didn't want to be competitors. And so we kept trying to like say, okay, will you do this so it won't compete with my thing and I'll do this so it won't compete with your thing. And then we just like looked at each other like, this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. So it just Yeah. Let's just make stuff together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because at some point it was like, well, I'll just refer all of my clients to you and you do the same thing and we'll go on our merry way. But then it was like the same blog topics and the same like course ideas and the same like community ideas. So we're like, uh, wait a minute. And what you might not realize is we were each other's contractor for a year and a half before we officially went into business together. Yeah. We took it slow and steady. We had a long (laughs) engagement. We did. I mean, but not really. <laughs> so, like a year until we got officially married, but it would still be a difficult separation to announce to the kids if we had separated before. 
Okay. I think that wraps it up. That was a good one to end on. All right. So thank you guys for submitting your questions. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.